Hey guys, uh, welcome to Drunk InfoSec episode four. Uh, my name's Chris. We got Tony, Ryan, Alex, Henry, and we got some guests today. We got uh, Ian, and we have uh, the co-author of Windows Internals, consultant and trainer of all things Windows, Alex UNESCO. How's everybody doing today? Good. 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 I'm fucking shit over, so. <laughs> Got sticky fingers over there. Um, let's get into it. Uh, shift of cybercrime from botnets and, and infections to cryptocurrency. What's everybody's thoughts? All right, so we started a little bit on this uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, what, I think it was episode two or episode... A few weeks ago? I mean, that was last week, man. Sorry, episode three, man, come on. I drink enough, I, I forget. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... I. At least from from my opinion, I, I, I see it doing a big shift. I'd see it doing a big shift away from doing the uh, you know trying to set up botnets and you know trying to do DDoS attacks and stuff like that. Where the the big thing is, uh, I think we talked about it last time, using that that little bit of memory uh, that it would take to go and try to mine some Monero or one of those cryptocurrencies and collect money from that. You know, it's 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 easier to get away. There's less chance that the, the the bad guys are really, or that the the people that find that stuff are really going to go after those bad guys because it is such a small sliver of your CPU time or for well, it's, it's taking the quick your power. Win, wins, right? I mean, you go from if I don't knock things over, you go you go from <laughs> uh, popping a box and, and maintaining access and and having to maintain that to to have this botnet, right? And that's that's resource intensive. Now all I got to do is pop it, infect it with my miner. And if you find it, I don't really care because I got a hundred thousand other ones sitting out there. Yeah, it's return on investment, honestly. And nine times out of ten, no one's going to patch it because I mean, you have to take something down for a while to patch it or whatever. They're just going to revert it and have it keep going the way it is. I mean, I've literally watched clients do that. Yeah, we, I've seen that with plenty of customers where they're just like, well, you know, we're just going to, you know, clean this up. We're, we're well, not really going to patch it. We're going to just going to clean it. It's just a cash flow, you know. I mean, you're done. Yeah, that actually that actually talks about what we talked about last episode was it doesn't matter I got what I want you can do your thing I'm on to the next yeah well I mean I think with mining in general you just need a little bit of resources and if you get enough resources from everybody I mean now you're doing real work and with more and more of this cryptocurrency coming to, to life you know what I mean like almost being traded on Wall Street now I mean it's a pretty big deal I mean if I can make money off of it and it's not doing anybody any harm really I mean what's gonna stop me so are they making as much money though? Making more money than not doing it. Right? I mean, I wouldn't see why not. I mean, wasn't that the same plan from Superman too? <laughs> <laughs> you take you take a couple pennies from everybody and you add it up. It, it's going to create you know quite a few dollars. Hey, just off the space. Watch out where you put that decimal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Not real quick. Or else you got to figure out how to launder money. No, I, so. obvi obviously it is paying off, right? Because it, it's it's a trend that I've. I've you know, we've seen happen, and it's getting more and more prevalent in in uh, the compromises that are going on. You know, one one you're seeing the big companies getting hit, and data is being pulled out. But then all the other little guys that don't necessarily have data that's of interest, they're just popping the boxes. And it's usually the latest and greatest exploit. Uh, what's the one that we saw recently? Um, not struts. The uh, Oracle. The Oracle one web we've been seeing, yeah, the WebLogic one, it's been getting hit left and right, and it's they'll pop the box, they'll install the crypto miner, and they'll just keep on moving. If you clean it, I don't care. I will throw out a challenge though. I don't think it actually, it's I don't think it's shifting 
I think it's just an add-on too. It's a rise of seeing this stuff, but I mean, you're still seeing like you know IoT things still becoming like botnet stuff like that. So know, we, are you? No, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I'm seeing it as much. It's not not as common. Well, yeah, from from our perspective, we we don't do a whole lot of IoT type stuff, so it's it, so maybe it's a shift from too. It, it might be. I don't maybe. know. But you still see all that scanning though, all the Mariah botnet scanning for you know whenever a new vulnerability comes out for it's a, a webcam or something, you it, see that port get lit up. Across the internet. Yeah, I think, I think one of the things uh, you also notice is there's a lot of sandbox products out there, a lot of things that try to keep you safe, and you know the the, the cryptocurrency miners they're just using your CPUs. So a lot of security software is looking out for file access and network access. You know, how do you differentiate Outlook from a crypto miner? They kind of look the same, right? Uh, and it's very easy to do crypto mining, right? You've got Excel came out yesterday with a JavaScript feature. You can have to put a JavaScript in your Excel spreadsheet. First thing someone uses oh, for is make a miner. Cool. Right? Yeah. It's a feature add-on. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well about it. One one day they're just gonna you know add Python, add Ruby. I mean everything should be in Excel, right? <laughs> Why not? Absolutely. Just to turn on those microbes a couple day. Just let me run Vim from Excel and I'll be a happy camper. Keeps us employed, so force everybody to use Linux. I miss those days. Yeah. So, so what about so with with that? What about what's what's the concerns internally? The guys and the girls that are that are in the industry day in day out that are that are dealing with this, dealing with the people that are on the outside that uh, really have they don't have that purview. What what are some of the concerns that that hit home with us that could be different than th th those people that are outside the bubble? Um, what, 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 what strikes, what strikes a nerve with us? What, what do you think we could do or the people can do better? Um, how, uh, how, what's the thoughts on that? So first of all, don't get hacked. Well, even before that, I would have to say man, bear, pig. Man, bear. Yeah. So, okay. Now you guys should be serious. <laughs> Super serious. Super serial. What are, what are those concerns? You know, I mean, so we, stuff we back, see day in, day out. What, I'll go back to what we said last week. Uh, I mean, I really think a lot of this stuff comes down to an education level. You know, like there are certain people in the organization that have to make decisions about certain portions of this. Like we, we mentioned earlier, like, do I patch this or not? Like, is it worth us being able to not see this happen anymore? You got to do a little risk analysis on it. But First, you got to educate yourself on you know what the threat actually is, and I don't think a lot of like C level um, people um, really understand what the threat actually is. You know, what I mean, whether it's cryptocurrency or if it's a botnet attacking it, you know, I mean, we watched it again. We'll bring up last week, like with Atlanta. You know, you make really rash decisions on stuff, or you'll just be really mm -hmm. lax on stuff until you actually understand what it is. Where do, you, where, do you, where do you guys, so when you said that, if something popped in my head is we go to these, you know, conferences, we go, we, we have these, these, uh, the trainings, we're, we're gaining more knowledge, but how, how do you think, what would be a better approach to get everybody that's outside that bubble to kind of come into that bubble and, and raise the knowledge and education in that? I mean, obviously we can't force it, but what, what would Listen be a better podcast? Huh? <laughs> Don't give us a podcast. Yeah. So one, of the, one of the big problems you're going to run into is if you have a good network security and network defense, you're not going to see anything because it's getting blocked, it's getting triaged and everything. But you're going to see something. Right, but I'm saying you're not going to see any losses. So the, the C-level 
the sea level guys aren't going to sit there and look at it and be like, well, we're spending all this money, but we're not getting any return on it. Let's go ahead and cut the budget. And then right. they get hacked. And they're right. like, oh, knee-jerk reaction. Let's throw a couple Right, but then when we in. present it or somebody presents it to the people that are making those budget decisions, they don't understand what you, you got right. you got to do like that that real uh, high 30,000 foot exec sum or you know right. you gotta you, you need the guy from office space who is a people person that explains right. from you know <laughs> does, the, right. does the interpretation you know right yeah you, you so they don't to, jump to conclusions right right on a mat but like you know how, how do you monetize um, the the loss of name brand yeah yeah, I don't know. Something's gonna, something's gotta happen. So, you know? so very much tying directly into to what you're saying. Back in in Vegas, uh, where I worked over there, uh, we used to pick up a lot of people that did security for the casinos and stuff like that. And it was very much a, you know, it was it was round robin for a lot of those guys because it would work in one casino and those got you because that casino had just gotten breached and so they were like hey we're gonna spend a fuck ton of money on our security system and we're gonna do this awesome shit and we're gonna hire guys in house and we're gonna set up this awesome stuff and then when budget time came around one of the first things that came to the block was security because if they didn't have a, a major attack or something that was fresh on the minds of the c-level execs they were like you know what we cannot we can we can off we can offshore this to india or to singapore or wherever and have those guys do it super cheap. I'm not talking about MGM or anything like that. But uh, uh, so, <laughs> I mean, so all all this stuff and budgetary concerns. I mean, this is all falls onto the CISO and and how you actually present all this data to management, really. Yeah. So so going off of that, is that how you you see it? You know, so it's the securities team responsibility to be able to educate the senior management. I think they have well, to be that willing. Is, that's that's, his, that's his entire yeah. role. That's why you have a CISO. I think they have to be willing to take on that education. You know, they, they have they have their roles and responsibilities, and you know they hire people to have separate roles and responsibilities. So they just kind of let them do their thing. And hey, you know, if something happens or goes wrong, fill me in. But fill me in at, at the most you know caveman language possible. But I think they got to be willing to to say, hey, look. Let me take that class or let me to educate myself to make me better so I can make better decisions. I think this whole, that whole idea goes back to exactly what we saw when, when uh, what's his face, Facebook guy was in Congress, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Now we're talking about like people who don't understand that was, any portion of it. Yeah, yeah, Zuckerberg, yeah. 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 Sorry, it's a beer. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people who don't understand what they're actually talking about, getting advice you don't think those people had staff that probably could have told them what Facebook was and how all this shit was? Oh, yeah. You know, you don't think they were kind of informed on stuff, but they did you listen to the questions that they were asking and yeah. how they were dealing with it? Yeah. I think that moving forward, you can't have that, you know, archaic mindset of, yeah, I'm just going to take advice from a bunch of people down here. You have to have somebody who has been experienced, right. been in the role, right. understands what this thing is, and yes, definitely takes advice from their team because those are the guys who are in the trenches every day. And they right. Need to be able, right. But he needs to be able to provide leadership to how these things are moving forward. Right. And without exactly. that, you know, you're just going to deal with the same thing that we've been dealing with for years now. Right. So, I mean, what about organizations that don't have CISOs? You know what I mean? I mean, so you have, you, yes, uh, <laughs> but no, you, I mean, you have somebody filling the role of a CISO, even if that's not the title, you have a director, you have 
so somebody is filling yeah. somebody's yeah, filling that role and that responsibility basically I, I don't care what the title might be like, but they, they need to be able to educate upper management so say it's an organization that has spent a million dollars and remember this is drunk info sec I make all the numbers up yeah <laughs> <laughs> they spent a reaching out to one viewer out there we're not going to name names <laughs> If you spend a million dollars on on some sort of product or some or some solution or some set of products, whatever it is, you need to be able to communicate back up to management, back up above you, how these things protected you, even if you didn't get hacked, so that your things don't, don't get you know you don't get you don't have that slash in budget, but you need to be able to communicate that up. The communication skill is is going to be vital. Right, but the communication skill up, the people receiving that communication from the top, I think need to take that extra step and educate themselves. You know, That's, take, that is your responsibility to, to I teach understand them. that, but I think they're not I, it people. They're business people. Right. But unfortunately like a high level, a high level, some sort, go ahead. No, I mean, I agree. I think sometimes like the Congress example is a good one where the CISO is not trained to listen to the team either. Right. So the team's coming to him like, well, I don't trust what you're saying. You're just my staffer. I need Zuckerberg to tell me how Facebook works. Right? So it's kind of right. goes both ways where the team needs to build a trust that a CISO is actually going to listen to them and not some other nobody that has no idea what's going on. No, I, I, I agree. I think, um, but also I think part of that, that whole Congress uh, hearing was a lot of limelight too. You know, you, if you have the opportunity to, to grill Zuckerberg in public, you I wouldn't would have embarrassed myself like that. I'll take that back. Yeah, that's what I mean. Do they really care? Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Do they really care about that, or they just say, "Hey, I'm the one that grilled." You know, I think, so. I, I think that that was that was a name grab. That was a attention. Yeah. That's that's all that was. That yeah, wasn't, that, that was that was all theater. They yeah, they, they, they didn't know what the fuck they weren't they were really doing. there to solve any any real problems, right? Especially not in the security space. It's a conspiracy. Hey, if you guys really want to see something good, go look up uh, Alaskan Senator Ted Stevens talk about a series of tubes. From 2006, oh, the yes. internet is not a fucking truck. That's, okay, that's right, that's right. And that's about as much as I still think that they know in Congress today. Wait a minute, we'll find the princess at the end of one of these tubes. Right? The internet's not a truck. <laughs> Why am I even here with you guys? You can so, have someone who may not actually be, you know, like a CISO, but like Rand said, is you know, is filling that role of a CISO, and he's nothing more than some guy that has an MCSC and Windows 4.0, and <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> you lost me there. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, sits there and, and just is able to get some good products that are in there and doing the thing for him. And because they just don't happen to get hacked, he looks like a rock star. Right. Right. So then they start listening. But to him. He does has no idea what he's talking about? Does he look like a rock star? To the people who paid his salary. I mean, other yeah. than not getting hacked, but the, I mean, now I spent a million dollars and I got no return on investment because well, I didn't get so, hacked. So this, I think this you is need good, to be able to show example, it. right? So like, I buy locks for my house, right? Like, I make sure that nobody can get into my house. I don't know how many people didn't come in, break in my house because I had locks on them because I'm not watching it. Maybe if I or invested tried. more money and then I had cameras to look at it, you know, then I so, can see how many people are blocking you. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold yeah, on. Yeah, no, I get you. But yeah. you're... Your scenario is a little bit flawed. It would be, nope. it would be more, it would, it would be more like you were living with your mother and you bought locks for your house you don't and you're trying, and you're trying to explain to your mom 
why nobody broke into the house. Because she's the one that has to buy more locks. Yeah. Oh, I right. see what you did there. Yeah. That's that's more more Technically, like what I we're do with your mom. Man. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying, but yeah, if you're trying to protect something, I mean, you need to be able to. You should. You, you need to communicate value, and that that's all this comes down to. You got to communicate value, whether you got hacked or you didn't. You need to show that hey, we bought this bitchin' product and it blocked a million attacks or whatever the hell it was. You need to find that and you need to still be able to communicate that and show that. Well, so so moving into the next topic, uh, the compliance and security, the guys nice transition, that, the, Dick. That was the worst <laughs> transition ever. You fucking named that we were going into the transition. Guy, you know, what makes... <laughs> What's the threshold for being compliant and is com- being compliant actually being cons- secure? Nothing. What, no. No, means nothing. Yeah. Co- compliance and security are probably com- almost, almost complete opposites. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you care so, to elaborate mm. on that? Wait, do you want to... <laughs> c- compliance oh. is, is, is like kind of like the, the, uh, the foundation of a house. It's nope. where you should start. Nope. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's like, it's you, like the housing code that tells you what not to do. You know, don't be a dumbass. Don't do these particular things. But yeah, don't expose the wires. Don't have all that shit that's but, just hanging out. But everybody's foundation is different. I'm not going to build my network the same way somebody else is going to build their network. These things that, like, uh, compliance is literally, like, telling you a housing code of these are the portions of the network or these are the things, very vague, that you probably shouldn't do if you don't want to fucking kill yourself while you use your own network. Well, you're talking about compliance. And you'll see but wouldn't that be the base layer of the security controls that you have? That, about, oh, that well, most definitely would be the base layer. As I'm building up my own network, not a security framework, but my network, you know, security in general, I mean, it has never really been built into anything. But especially compliance, that's just like a framework of things that should just tell you how not to do something or how to do something to make it better, right? I see. I don't believe that. I think that it should be that it, it should be a solid baseline, and it should be compliance is something that you're going to have to continually do over and over and over again. It's, it's, patches don't stop, attacks don't stop, things get better, things change over time, and so, you know. So with that, you 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 have patches, you have things that you got to do. That compliance is just, you know, you, it, it it's kind of like getting on that roller coaster. You got to be this tall to even ride. Compliance in the beginning, good. Yeah, but the problem is compliance oftentimes comes externally, right, from other organizations, and, and compliance doesn't adapt to security the way security does, right? So we, yeah. I've seen companies where because of compliance, they have to do a stupid security thing because compliance hasn't caught up with the better way of doing it. DOD. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anything I had a cough. Continue. Sorry. No, I mean, that, that's it. Like, yeah. sometimes yeah. compliance is a good base, but then the base doesn't keep up with the realities, right? where they're not understanding IoT, they're not understanding security, and sometimes I've seen security suffer to obey compliance instead of actually adding on another layer on top of that. Uh, yeah, I, I... So should there be a housing code for IoT? No, there shouldn't be a housing code. There should be a base security layer that you should be sitting at. I mean, you look, look at the compliance frameworks that were that are most popular, like PCI, for instance, it's going to tell you, hey, you need to have logging. Hey, you need to have segmentation. These are all base layer security things that you should be putting in place. Now, on top of that, yeah, you need to be doing monitoring. You need to be doing patches every freaking week or whatever, whatever it is. Those well, yeah. are the things you need to add on. You need to be it's, auditing user logging. So it's the starting line. It, it definitely is a starting line. Why don't you so, just accept my even, analogy and get even, over it? <laughs> it? It definitely is. It, it is a base layer. Even you know, in our organization, there, there are requirements that have to be met 
for them to even be good on our network for them for them to be a, able to connect to uh, the internet at large if they don't meet those requirements they don't meet those baselines then they're not in compliance and we cut them the fuck off so well, let's go back to the very beginning of the question here right does security or does compliance equal security no I think it's got to be a starting line we just all agreed that it was a starting line to it it doesn't it, equal it, security or being secure but it's a starting line yeah, somebody that. that gives compliance shit, I dare you to come up with something better that would at least give people a starting line to go from. So I'm so not. A lot of people take they're, it they're, like it's they're the apples gospel. and oranges. I mean, what? they're apples and oranges. Compliance is nothing more than a subset of security. If you you can't say you know oh I've got all these great firewalls and everything, but we don't even bother with patches. Are the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and well, no, so, they both so, got seeds and they both grow trees. But if if somebody is not at that minimum level of compliance. I cannot guarantee that they are going to be safe or that they are going to be secure. Right? Because so, we're all thinking about things that are enterprise, right? Like big, making things that are huge decisions a part of like, I need to be able to do all these crazy things. But think about the small, medium-sized businesses out there that literally just have no idea how to be able to get kind of secure. So compliance makes sense for those people. Compliance it does. It's also good because, sorry, it's, it's standardized across the whole industry, right? So it might not be the greatest baseline, but it's everybody's baseline. So you know someone's complying with X, you know there's a bare minimum of things that they've all done together mm-hmm. meet, to meet that level. It is. It's a, it, it's a starting line. It's a perfect starting line. But so, the problem is people need to understand that that does not mean you're not going to get hacked. You should keep moving forward with your security. So I'll challenge that question and say even what you would consider secure people still get hacked. So is security secure? I mean, like, at what point do you just secure. admit that, you know... Uh, nothing, nothing's hack-proof. Yeah. But if you're, if you're telling me, hey, I'm not going to get hacked because I'm PCI compliant. I have a or, Mac, I'm never going to get I'm, hacked. Well, that's, that's <laughs> true. I think we're all good here. Way to listen to those commercials, buddy. <laughs> but no, if you're basing your entire mindset of I'm a secure organization, totally on your compliance with a framework or, or something, then I think you're sadly mistaken. Now that I will agree with you. Like you can't take something like it's the gospel for everything. You yeah. Know, so that, that every think... situation is unique and you have to take and think critically about your organization and how your network's set up to be able to, you know, assess those threats in a right mindset. I'll use your housing code example. I'm pretty sure the housing code doesn't say you have to have an alarm system on your house, right? True. So having obeying the housing code doesn't make your house secure. It just means you won't kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to maybe. I so it, I think it depends on your threat model as well, right? I mean, if you're, you know, Billy Sue and you have your one store and you use Stripe for credit card transactions, then it's like you're compliant. That's probably good enough, right? You're not going to have some three letters coming after you. You're not going to have some nation say come after Three you, letters, so meaning PCI will come after <laughs> your ass if you make over a million dollars. So what would so for organizations with the compliance and security with organizations, what what would be in in y'all's mind? What would be the proper way to 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 secure and protect your organization? What are what are the do's and don'ts? What's what do you need compared to what you know? What would be nice to to have? But what do you need to be properly secure and protected? It depends. Okay, let's talk about it. it. Well, it does. I mean, it really it comes down to budget, honestly. So I mean, what, so what do the mom and pop shop with the fifty five hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, the, the mom and pop shop with with five hundred k in in the budget can buy a lot of stuff. Yeah, fifty k. Um, yeah. No, I, it it really it, it does come down to budget and what what you can spend and what what you can do. Um, 
definitely should do the free things like patching and making sure that you're yeah, compliant. Yeah, you should do do some free stuff. Find find a framework that you could baseline your security on. Yep. I mean, honestly, I, I would say if you're gonna do one thing and you only have X amount of dollars to spend, visibility is gonna be your best thing on a network. If you can't yeah. see it, you're not gonna be able to secure it. I don't care how many controls you put in place. Or react you, to it at least. Hey, that's, for, that's exactly what we're talking about, do's and don'ts, right? So for all our listeners, episode three was all about visibility versus security. Visibility is one out. You should go listen to that if you haven't yes, listened it, to it. That's a shameless plug. So, <laughs> visibility's gotta come first, right? Like, and what, so when we talk about visibility, what do we mean by that, right? I think you gotta have at least three layers of it, right? Like you gotta have network, you gotta have host, and you have to have logs, right? And a lot of people will get kind of confused about what I mean when I mean logs, but I mean logs can come from a lot of different places and have a lot of different information in them that maybe you don't get from, you know, your network-based or host but I guess they're all logs at the, at the end of the day. But, um, but even that, even that you could do in stages, right? So, you know, you, you could start with network logs, you could start with host-based logs, and, and just kind of migrate Go further and further, you know, that defense in depth type so, thing. So is that what you say you'd start with, network? Say you can I, I, I picked that thing. Personally, I picked that randomly. So you can only buy one thing. Would it be host-based or network-based? I would... Host. Yeah. It would depend on the network, to be honest with you. I mean, it, yeah, it would. It would. I, I say if you're, if you're constrained by what budget you have, there are a good number of open source tools out there that you can get. So I think really one of the most important things would be log aggregation. But it doesn't come with a support contract. It doesn't come with. Right. I mean, the, so you have a host base. A lot of them generate logs already. But that comes with the dollars. You, you know, you can get open source network things that generate great logs. But if you're not putting those logs together and actually looking at them, then it is completely useless. Doesn't matter how much you spend. You, you, I mean, even if you spend, you know, a whole bunch of money on some great product, if you're not getting those logs from it and looking at it and doing something about it, then it doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, that all goes back to the visibility thing. And I'll say that, you know, the, the operating systems these days, you know, Windows, Mac, um, you know, Linux is, has a lot of open source, but, you know, the, the main commercial operating systems, there's a lot of free offerings that maybe 10 years ago weren't that great, but that today are doing really well. You know, Defender, for example, got laughed at 10 years ago. Uh, Windows Defender today is a really solid antivirus product. I mean, you compare it with any of the major players and... It, it beats them and, and it's free, right? You look at other security mitigations that Windows has, the Windows Firewall, the group policy options you can set, you can do a lot for free with the OS, with Mac OS, Windows, Linux tools that are all open source. Uh, a lot of the Windows ones are actually supported too, so you get free support from Microsoft and you can start with that baseline, um, you know, use, use event tracing, Windows has lots of events as well, for example, so does Mac and um, yeah, I think one of the harms a lot of InfoSec companies are trying to uh, undermine the stuff you get for free so they can sell their stuff instead. But the reality is the free stuff is really, really good, whether it's open source or provided by the vendor. Right. I mean, you have, you know, Sysmon, OS Query, you know, Windows, Metalog Auditing, all that stuff you can turn on for free, all that stuff you can start uh, collecting. And I think you pretty much nailed, uh, nailed it on the head with, you know, they have these, these security vendors who are trying to... Not really disparage those, but show their weaknesses to sell their products. I mean, I know there's one I think coming up in Blockhat about targeting Sysmon, especially. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I won't talk about that here. But the one thing that I will say is everything that Alex Junescu just said, 
I definitely got to say he has shown us some stuff this last week, and it has been phenomenal on what Windows can do. Who? Yeah. It's, no, it's been awesome. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to Chris. I mean, so there, there's even, uh, just to toss in more, more stuff on there, I mean, there's free solutions with Windows that you can actually do log correlation with, too, as well. So, I mean, there, there's tons, tons of stuff out there if you want to. So, I'm sorry, I missed it. Did we drill into any kind of like EDR what? or anything like that? No, you, you didn't miss. Yeah. You were sitting here listening to all of us. I don't know why yeah, you, you wouldn't do that. I honestly think so, like at a host space level, you have to have some, I don't know, process level logging or something like that. If we go with this model and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to spend money on something, the, the first thing you really ought to spend money on would probably be some uh, EDR solution because that ultimately is where. The, the bad things will end up happening. So there was a huge debate of whether EDR was dead or not because it, you know what kind of value it provided to somebody, right, to an organization. And I gotta be honest, you know, uh, I'm kind of biased, I guess, because I, I did work for a company that had an EDR solution for a while. Um, but I don't think there was any better solution as far as knowing what happened on your network than having an EDR solution. So, I mean, if we're talking about visibility, we need to be able to have, you know, kind of a risk-based analysis on how in-depth you go on your logging level for particular things. But on your ingress and egress portions of your network, I mean, do you consider full PCAP at that portion? Do you try to figure out what's actually going in and out? Or do you just keep to like net flow? On your host-based level, do you go down to like process level monitoring? Do you try to figure out what all executables are on my network or at least have it executed, right? I agree. I think I think EDR is great. I think on its own, unless you have a very educated SOC team, a very team that understands what the EDR product is trying to tell you, EDR alone is not going to block ransomware. Right? It's just going to tell you you just got encrypted. Um, I think their problem with a lot of EDR software is they try to go really low level. You know, they know oh processes aren't enough because at, at Black Hat they talk about Windows APCs and then. They'll tell you, they'll give you a report saying this process uh, created an APC at 0x100. And you're sitting there, what the fuck does this mean, right? And so you want to your product to tell you, you know, this thing injected a malicious miner. Oh, okay, cool. Now I understand what that means. I'm glad I do a low level, but like take the low level and tell me what does this mean for me. Yeah, I hear you completely. I'll challenge Henry on this one because you're one of the things you said previously was um, ding, ding, you, know, ding. you want to take your low-level analysts and you want to be able to provide them with enough uh, information that they get to better themselves. You know, so how low do you want to go with these guys? Is this back to so, the, the AI versus <clears throat> analysts? No, so that that is exactly where this is going: is the AI versus low-level or versus a, a you know a, a junior analyst. And an EDR would be great for a junior level analyst because it does give them that information. And one of the biggest things, you know, that all of us here around the table have been a junior analyst at one point. Um, not me. You know, not not knowing what we're doing. Alex, I know I was born you, that you were like six. Some of us still uh, are junior. I was, I was a junior six years old. That's true. <laughs> I, I was like 26, but whatever. <laughs> He's 45 now. <laughs> oh man, Molly thirty-two. Molly thirty-two. But anyway, so yeah, I I think an EDR would be great for junior level analysts because it gives them the EDR would be able to come in there. It would tell them that there's something that's wrong. It would tell them that something has come across, and even if they don't know what it is, 
They got Google. They got they got search engines. They have senior they have analysts. You. They have people that can go. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> They have you. What? They have you. They have you. They have you. Oh shit. Well, you're the Google. Only if it's network based. Fuck them if it's not network based. Hey, whoa, because whoa, whoa. I'm just sorry. I'm, <laughs> I am. I am. This is hey, a good, I'm, I'm a network weenie. So I, I, I would not be able to help them. So fuck them. Waging wars. <laughs> so so what are some don'ts that you do on your network, right? What what do you don't do, right? I think that you don't limit yourself to certain forces in your network, right? So. I find a lot of places what they don't do right is they don't try to do like a crown jewel analysis where they don't try to figure out what's actually important to them. And the next thing they know, what's important to them is now in the news, right? So you got to figure out what that is first, right? And then that's how you put your risk around stuff, right? Do I have full PCAP? Well, what the fuck? PCAP? Full PCAP analysis on what's going on out of that? Do I have further logging on that? But that's the one thing that I find most often as a sock. Now, as a company, maybe somebody knows somewhere down the line in the you know, great big line of people that you meet, but um, most of the time, the sock people, the actual analysts, have no idea what's actually important. I think one of the don'ts that you that, that you don't do is is what you said about the logs. I want to see. I don't want somebody to tell me, hey. You can only have XYZ logs. I want all the logs. Let me, and we brought this up last episode, let me figure out what I want out of all the logs. Give me everything and then I can sort it out. Now, like you said, with the organizations, they may not, they may not do it that way. But I think as a, as, as a don't, give me everything. Don't limit yourself as to, as to the, the data that you receive, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's good to stay uh, vendor agnostic as well. I mean, if you, you end up um, putting all your buckets into one specific vendor all the time, then that vendor may go bad. There's a couple that are in the news now for uh, various things. Are you saying they can't connect all the threats? Because Some everyone should be able to connect all of the threats. <laughs> Some threats can be connected. <laughs> but I kind of want to go back to... Go with, go with general topics, general ideas. You know, you go with an EDR, and an EDR is is by that in itself is agnostic. You're not saying a specific tool or a specific one, but go with the the more general one, the the, the idea of it. I wanna I wanna buy the idea of an EDR. Where do I get that from? Yeah, I'm not sure where you're going. You're, 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 you're in love with the idea of me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I so think I think, I think every tool one, has a base. Don't have one tool that basically rules everything because you're yes. gonna want to know. You know, I, like I particularly, I wouldn't want the same tool that does a lot of my network-based stuff to do my host-based stuff. Now, right. I see a lot of people. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Want want that because you know, if you're a small, medium-sized business, you know, you get to. You get to have one interface for all that stuff, and it's one price. It's lower than it would be to buy a bunch of different tools. I get that. So you don't want a SourceFire end host? Right. Do they have that? I see see the whole portion behind it. But I do want want to recognize the fact that the small, medium-sized businesses get a lot of value add out of having the same thing. Now, if we're talking about truly being secure and trying to make sure that, you know, something that might have a vulnerability or something that might not log something, 
on a network side that does get it on another portion of it, you know, or another product might do it better, you know, like, yes, best of breed for everything you could possibly have if you're in the best state in the world and you have all the money in the world. And yeah, you I was going to say, all you the threats. afford it. Yeah. And, but, and some of the best products out there actually integrate really well. Like, there's good EDR products that I understand. I'm hose-based. I don't know anything about the network, but here's the eight network products I'll integrate with, and we'll give you a single pane of glass to look at things, but the data's coming from three different places. And a lot of EDR vendors understand, look, we're not going to be the best at everything, but let's be the best at collecting everything from everyone who's good at their own business. Exactly. So, yeah, I think to your point, it does make a lot of sense to make sure that you have, you know, disparate vendors, you know, that you're using so that you can get the best possible data set. Right. So it comes Did you hear me just now? Yeah. Because I sounded pretty fucking smart. Yeah. <laughs> you sounded loud. Wow. It, it was your idea. It was your idea. Yeah. Sounded. So uh, what I mean is more like, is, when I say vendor, I mean like, uh, <clears throat> you wouldn't want a uh, crap the fee type Ooh, situation. Ooh. Whoa, whoa, I just got a hammer this week for for even mentioning that that was a bad product. He just said he got a hammer. I did. I mean, (laughs) it was so like, you dropping stuff on me. (laughs) Do you you know a good EDR vendor or? I uh, I do not have any. Hey, I thought I thought we were vendor yeah. agnostic here. We are. So there's I know plenty. I know what not to do. I know not to answer that question. What are uh, what are some of the needs that you do see? Right. So we we mentioned EDR. We mentioned maybe full packet capture at different places. But um, I think something that's not really talked about a lot, and a lot of places don't have visibility in is you know those cross network portions where you have segmentation between different networks that you know you don't a lot of times you don't really need if you're a small medium sized business that doesn't you know have that segmentation or doesn't need it yeah um, that's but, kind of you know, a much things larger going from your DMZ down into your environment or you know maybe it's you know your crown jewels out to your uh, any kind of tiered infrastructure there do you have just netflow there well, no, I mean, so it, it's a good point. I mean, there, there needs to be at every weak point between two different entities, whether it's a, a network and another network or a, uh, a software package and a DLL, there needs to be some kind of way to monitor that, that change between those two because that's where things can be slipped in, things can be modified. What's the big smile at? Slipped in a roofie in your beer earlier, so was he wasn't drinking beer. Is that is that why he was dropping things? <laughs> Ian's messed up. Uh, I saw it. What happened? So for I, no, I, I was saying, like, I think a, a good thing that we, you should need is something we we touched on earlier would be a way to explain. You know, sure we haven't done anything, but this is why we didn't do anything because we did this good of a job in blocking this or in defending this. So you have a way, you know. Are you, are you circling back to our first topic or our second topic it's about communication? I'm not necessarily the CISO. It, but, you know, well, I think yeah. offense like, and that dumps. is what he's what he sounds like he's talking about. It, some some way to interpret to the higher ups, you know, why yeah. this Circle stuff back. did well. Well, you got to go back to like what an audit policy really is. I mean, at some point, you have <laughs> to be able to log things and interpret them in a certain way, right? I mean, whether whether it's just for your particular purposes or whether that purpose is just, hey, am I scaling right? Am I dropping packets? Am I dropping anything? You know, like all of that should be handled by how you deal with your audit policy. 
I think another thing that gets um, I mean, doesn't get enough credit is is legacy antivirus. You know, we all like to take a shit on it, but I've seen companies that have replaced their McAfee's, replaced the Somatics with like the latest EDR hotness, right? So they got rid of their antivirus, put in a kick-ass EDR. The next day, their EDR product had 5,000 fucking alerts from the toolbar and the Bonzi Buddy and the comic person. <laughs> All the crap. Bonzi Buddy. The oh sock guys hadn't dealt with in decades. Babies. Babies like a vaccine, right? And so you take the flu vaccine out, and now the doctors are seeing fucking people who have the flu every day. Yep. There is a place for getting rid of the stupid shit people try to run. So you yeah. can focus on the nation state, the EBT, the, the bad stuff. So I think people don't Sounds give like credit to legacy EV having helped us not deal with that. And a lot of the ER writers now have machine learning, you know, stuff to try to bring EV back to the table so you yeah. can focus. I think that's one thing the security community has actually done really well is AV. And you do it so well that you just take a shit on it because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, oh, fuck that, I don't, I don't really it. want to deal with well, it, you know, whatever, but yeah. It, it sounds like that kind of, you know, that baseline or that compliance. No, that we should do that. Oh, Ryan's signature-based stuff, you know what I mean? Like, if I know something's bad, I'm gonna block it. And a lot of people will give signature-based shit, like, you know, hey, I, well, I wanna look for the behavior or something. And while I'm all for that, yep. there is a place for signature-based stuff. Why are you wasting your time monitoring behavior this thing that's on a blacklist for the last 10 years? Quick so Lock that thing and stop, move yeah. on. So, so it's a quick win, and get out yeah. of the way, and so that you don't have to Yeah, very, I very much agree with that. You, you know, I, I, I'm embarrassed I, if you get popped by black orifice. Exactly. I don't know how many times. Wait, wait. Sub seven? <laughs> I don't know how many times that I've, I've had bosses that have come in that have, have shit on uh, signature based processes. You know, I'm, I, I'm a Suricata kind of groupie. I, I love my Suricatas, everything like that. And I've, I've, I've had a ton of bosses that will just do nothing but shit on them because it's not behavioral based. It's not something that looks for. Uh, something that's anomaly based stuff like that it, it has to be based on signatures but at the end of the day it caught it, it didn't stop because in our environment we use it as an IDS but it caught 90% of the things that were coming across the network and yeah. fixed it well like you know? the same thing I'm a Yara guy right like I honestly yeah. think Yara is a fantastic concept it, it, if you have the right signature for stuff you're gonna catch it and you know what? I don't want to have to deal with everything that I know about. If I know about it, guess what? Just deal with it with whatever process that I want to deal with it in. And I think way too many people, especially like when you hear it in sales or if you've, you've been in any kind of meeting lately, they're like, well, now we have to hunt for the threat. Like, if I already know the threat, like, if I'm looking out, I'm like, oh, well, that's a, that's a fucking lion. It shouldn't be in my front yard. I'm going to probably either call somebody or shoot it. You know what I mean? Well, like what Henry said, you know, to like a network based, so you have Sericata, which is like a really good signature based, and look at something like Bro, you know, between those two, which are both free, you can really, really get some great insight to every single packet that's going across in your network. That's know. So, what, okay, so we're, we're, we're talking about open source tools, you know, we're talking about Sericata, we're talking about Bro. Snorts tied into that, stuff like that, but what are some of the hot tools that are coming across that the things that you guys are looking at right now? What 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 sort of open source things or 
or you're interested in. It doesn't have to be network based. That just happened to be what we're on. But I think Ian brought a good one. It's not open source, but you know, Sysmon on Windows, you know, catches a lot of stuff. Uses all the event logging. It's free. You know, it's not open source, but it's free, right? It, it is pretty amazing. And it gives you lots of free stuff that all the PR products are, you know, making you pay for. And, and you could and use that and integrate it with, uh, you know, Elk or Splunk or something like that. One that I've been looking at today, that you just well, pretty good one. bring up is Helk. You know, there's yeah. a, you know, the Helk. Yeah, it's Helk. It's actually a threat hunting with using Elk. Um, and there's a lot of courses Helk to or it. Helk Ooh, Elk. No, it's uh, just Helk. <laughs> I got to rub my nipples to this. I just got to say. It's a, it's a really cool uh, idea. You know, you bring in a lot of various disparate um logs and the next thing you know um <laughs> you got a pretty good product out of it you know you got some pretty good deliverables out of it so yeah, i'm sorry i'm watching him rub his so so here. explain the help he just did yeah. he just did you missed it i just did yeah i was too busy looking at I'm the sorry. nipples yeah <laughs> no so i mean i think one thing if we get past signature based stuff and we're catching the things that we are i think thread hunting is a very you know, I think it is next step, but you know, you go up like tiers if you're dealing with some kind of like security model, right? I think you deal with all the stuff that's security, that's signature based, and you move up to the things you can't catch with signatures and threat hunting, you know, you get your hunters, it's a big word, you know. Anomalies? It's, yeah, it's basically just anomalies. Then you try to figure out what those things are in your network, right? Could be behavioral. To do it. Come on, meow. <laughs> you get real I don't know if you guys know this, but um, there's some stuff that came out called uh, OS Query, which is pretty cool. That, uh, from the Facebook guys. Yeah, right? the Facebook guys. Now, OS Query is kind of, you know, you got to deploy it, you got to manage all the logs. There's this other company called, uh, start called uh, Collide. Yeah. Okay. And they basically deploy it for you, they aggregate it for you, and it's all free, you log into G Suite, and, you know, they have some premium stuff as well, but it's a really easy start. You know, if you're using, like, Tanium, for example, this is like that, but, like, free and, you know, 10 times faster. And not a piece of shit. <laughs> but the uh, facts. So, but I do want to bring up something kind of. I do want to bring up something that's kind of different about it because I know a lot of very large companies that do use OS Query right now. OS Query is amazing. It is very very cool. But you know, it queries the OS at various different times, right? And so it's not logging constantly. And so unless you're querying it when it happens, this happens with a lot of tools that people kind of, especially like upper management or when people try to relay information in a certain way they're like oh yeah it catches all these things because you know all the time it's monitoring you gotta you know take a step back and understand that how the tool actually works you know os query i use it in my house i i love it like i honestly love os query but i also have sysmon running in the background too for my windows hosts that you know log constantly on how things go yeah i think like os query is great for compliance you know it'll monitor things that shouldn't change like are your users logging correctly do you have encryption set up you know, the user's not going to turn off and on encryption every second so for comp checking compliance it's great mm -hmm. for security yeah something like sysmon is a lot better yeah, yeah definitely sounds like a good baseline <laughs> just saying <laughs> So uh, we're going to wrap it up um, with the – what we're going to try to do moving forward is if the viewers have questions, um, when we post on, on YouTube, the guys, that, the guys and girls that are listening, get, get, uh, get involved. If you have questions, if you want to call – bullshit on a topic or um if you just ask us about our numbers if you <laughs> if you want to uh 
just make a comment. What we're going to do moving forward is we're going to review those comments. We're going to kind of try to grab one or two of them and address those in the next, the next podcast. So um, one of the questions that popped up in the last podcast was home security products. Uh, what are the best products for your house? Um, we, can, we can take it to... You know, if you if money's no option, or we could take it down to, hey, I only got two quarters to rub together. So, what would be the better products to have in your home, uh, high side and low side of so financial the, uh, situation? Home network stuff. I mean, I think we also have to take into account um, the level of knowledge that you have to have to use this particular product, right? Because you can go and you can download PFSense if anybody's ever done that, and uh, you know, put it in your house. And yes, PFSense, I run it right now. It is, it's a phenomenal product, but you also have to be pretty knowledgeable to be able to use it because if you, know, if you don't know what like reflection that is and all this stuff, like next thing you know, all of a sudden your Netflix doesn't work. And if your Netflix don't work, then you might as well not even use it thing, right? I'll also say that it depends on what do you do at home, right? If, if you bring your work at home, then that's a very different answer and you gotta invest in some pretty serious stuff because if you're, someone's after your work because of where you work, they're gonna come at home because they're, they're not gonna have that. If you're just the home user doing homey things, then the answer's a lot more different, right? Because the reality is some nation state is not gonna wanna like get into your budget, right? They don't care about that. And you don't need as much security as someone who does, you know, classified work on their home computer than they really should have, but you know, reality and all. Right. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's, it's really all about, you know, threat modeling, what exactly is looking for you. So for, for that viewer that was asking that question, can we throw out some actual no shit products? They're not professional. I mean, Windows Defender. Yeah, I mean, you, I'll, I'll, I'll go a step further. I'll say like Windows 10S, right? It's a version of Windows from Microsoft that doesn't have some of the super low level admin tools that maybe you don't even know are there. And everything has to be signed. Everything you know has to come from the store. It's locked down. It's like an iOS device, and millions, and hundreds of millions of people use iPhones without any problem and need to work on it. Why should your computer be any different? Right. right. I really like that mentality. The one thing that kind of gets me is because you know I have a mom and a dad. You know, you know, I am a god, but I was, uh, I was <laughs> and they'll want to run particular things that you know shit just kind of doesn't go the way that they think it would. You know what I mean? But I honestly think that, you know, what Alex just said is the right answer. You know, like run this particular thing. If it doesn't allow you to install that particular thing or it just airs out, you weren't meant to have that particular thing. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, and also, you know, no matter what OS it is, you shouldn't be an admin on it, whether it's, you know, Windows or Linux, you shouldn't be running as root, you know, if you're- Don't you I tell own, me what I own my life. <laughs> I own it. Yeah. It doesn't own me. Just out at no, the, I, I the outside yeah, owns you. You know, the stuff the stuff on Windows 10 is great. Um, you know, Windows Defender is awesome. There's a couple other products depending on how technically savvy you are. I mean, you could run something like Pi-hole where you can you can you know monitor and actually be able to block DNS stuff for. Like uh, stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah, Pi-hole. That's what I was talking about. 
with you know blocking advertising and malware. That takes know, a little bit of stuff. text for it. Does, it does. It does. And again, it, it all comes what down about, to your technical What about some expertise. of those things you can see that you can buy that have like uh, firewalls built into them, right? I'm so Cujo and all that. Sophos GTM. That's a uh, yeah. it's a good good product. And it, it, there, there's a little bit of a learning curve with uh, setting it up, but once it's done. It is a very good rock solid product. So there's a free version of that. It's pretty much the alternative. Yeah, the yeah. So I, I think that you guys have kind of answered some of the questions, but I, I we we had some very specific comments from Pappy Scorb that had come across, and uh, from our last podcast, and he goes, uh, "Not that my Wi-Fi appliances are going to attack me." Okay, so he was going off of the whole. You yeah, know, we were the, talking about the refrigerator. I don't want. I don't want anybody to think that this dude's fucking crazy because I love Pappy. Dude was yeah. talking about Decepticons, bro. <laughs> he was. He was. If Bumblebee you know. is hanging out in my living room, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, having security cameras that are watching your 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 perimeter and stuff like that. Um, what type of tools would you use that could help defend your network? From anybody from from accessing it to be able to look at your your, Listen your to me. cameras. Listen to me right now. Look at me like in that. the eyes. It all comes back no. to visibility. I'm no, looking. no, wait. No, I'll I'll or challenge that. Or I'll compliance. Challenge this or compliance. But, but when you start to take okay. So to what, hold, hold on, on, hold on, real quick. He is looking from a consumer aspect. This is how I'm looking at it because this is how I'm yeah. about to buy some. Because I I love Pappy, and again, Pappy Pappy is a normal. Computer user. He's not one of us. He's not somebody that does do this for a living. I'm pretty dumb. All that kind of stuff. I, I know. So, listen. I think when you go and you do things where you put them into the cloud, such as, you know, your videos in your house or your cameras that allow people to see things, I don't like that at all. Because guess what that takes it out of? It takes it out of your hands and it puts it into somebody, anybody. If you oh, know, I know. somebody were to get breached, put it in, right? My meat spins all over the place because I put <laughs> it in the cloud. I do helicopters like no one else. but uh, Just little ones. Too, super small. <laughs> um, no shit. Like, I don't think that you should, you should put any of that stuff in the cloud because it takes it out of your hands. And that's right. very, especially if you have it yeah. inside your house. Like, that's pretty scary. Like, your kids are there, your wife's there, maybe it's just you like me, like, I'm just in there by myself. Right. And, uh, you know, that was... Tony totally was by himself, by the way. People have access to this, you know, and really what you want is you want to be able to limit the access of what's important to you, right? Like, we talk about um, big organizations doing, you know, risk modeling or, you know, threat modeling on things that happen to you. That's a huge... Risk to me. I don't want people watching me in my house, you know? Yeah. I dress up weird, things happen. And then guess what? At the end of the day, really any of that could be subpoenaed or, you know, various different laws. Things could happen that take it out of your hands, right? Like, you should want to keep all those things local in your house and move along like that. Like, taking it out of your hands, I don't, I don't yeah, want to. Yeah, and I think a lot of home users, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do really, you know, bad hygienic things like doing things they shouldn't be doing with their the videos of things and then they'll read articles about like CPU vulnerabilities of Spectre and Meltdown and they're all concerned about it, right? And uh, a good friend of mine from Microsoft once said, you know, if you're worried about CPU vulnerabilities but you're uploading your private videos on a cloud, you're, you're hustling backwards. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Very good so what, what, so is everybody's thoughts on kind of the same level as far as cloud? 
I mean, are we? Uh, there's there's well, some things. So what's the opinion? So I, I have a nest in my apartment, and it's in my it's in my living room. I've already watched it. <laughs> so the thing is, I don't no. I don't turn it on until I leave the room, and then when I'm about to come home, I turn it off, and as soon as I walk in, I put something over it. So yeah, I know. It makes it. me sad. What if you get murdered? Well, right? hold on. And no one so ever I'm not, knows. I'm not, about, I'm not worried about it watching me when I'm home. Dumb shit. You, you, I have a gun. You, so. what, yeah. Somebody's yeah. going to steal yeah. something yeah. out of bedroom? So, what, do you, what do you got I'm in there? I'm only worried when I'm gone. That's you, going to come you, in and steal you things. You put something thing over it heard. every <laughs> time except for that one time. No, yeah. every, every, pretty much every time. No, we saw that. No, we can scroll through. The reason that you have these cameras in place is to watch it 24-7. If you're not willing to watch it 24-7, like... What are you just gonna turn off your network monitoring whenever you're like, oh, I'm here? I don't guess I'm gonna turn anything at all because I mean I don't I don't need a camera gone when I'm at home. You're gonna turn on dude. The if someone breaks into your house and kills you while you have your shit off, yeah, somebody's gonna be like, oh my god, that's crazy. He had it turned off. Right. Or could not have it We don't know who killed him, but at least he was secure. Yeah. That's like the EDR part it doesn't block anything, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. All I care about is insurance when I'm gone and somebody steals all that shit. He's my the key yeah. my apartment yeah, has like four pins in it. So. Yeah. yeah. So but like, I do feel like if, if you tell me more about this. Yeah. yeah what's and your address? Which pin orientation? It's all for insurance. I don't care if I get murdered, whatever. There's definitely a couple different products you can get when you're concerned about things like the, the, these, uh, you know, IOT devices, your refrigerator and stuff like that. You know, you, you could one, uh, do more, um, wireless security type devices, which are very expensive, or you can go with more of the cheaper firewall type things, which, you know, if you, uh, set it so that these devices aren't allowed to talk out of your network, then, I mean, honestly, this all goes back to what I said at the beginning: threat modeling. So, if my True. biggest my biggest fear is somebody breaking into my apartment, then you know I'm going to have a camera when I'm gone. I might have an alarm system on my house or, or apartment, whatever. Those things. Now, if my biggest fear is in- installing malware or doing something else. You ready for it to come for a full circle? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, it. it all comes back to education because oh, it does. nine <laughs> times out of ten, the people we're talking about don't even know what threat modeling is. No, they don't. They don't. And but that's why they have these educated nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, kids. They have this person that they can talk to, and they're like, "I bought this new phone. I need you to set it up for me." That's what Thanksgiving is for. Exactly. That's what every major holiday is for. That for is all of us new here. Thanksgiving, that new Easter, absolutely. new Christmas. It just you happens. Have, you have this person in your life that you can say, "Hey, I need I, I need security. What should I do?" At the end and of the day, know, on top of that, it comes down to what is the first thing they're going to do? They're going to make sure that compliance is standard. If, so if there's that, any that updates, was that was rough. Yeah. I don't like it. Damn. I don't like it. I tried. I tried. That I tried. was more like but a triangle, still, not a circle. But still, they're gonna plug, make sure it's up to date. plug. If they do have issues, please refer to them to Tony Cook Solutions. I am <laughs> It's about five hundred dollars an hour, and they wow. amazingly take care of. So is that website TonyCook.sa.com or something? TonyCookSA.com. <laughs> so if you go to HenryHudson.com. It's four fifty an hour, <laughs> and they're yes, both they're Apple both in the best buy. That's, that's weird because your mom's a little bit more expensive. <laughs> but I, I only deal with network based stuff. Buying so. both of these domains and putting Goatsy on them right God now. God damn it! Oh, we gotta talk about domain? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel like we went over 
well, hey. security products pretty well. But yeah. if you guys have any uh, anything additional you want to hear about, please let us know. Yes, please. Uh, we're going to wrap it up and uh, for this episode. Questions, comments, concerns uh, would be great. Please put it in the YouTube uh, comments. Uh, Ian, Alex, thanks for coming. Appreciate you guys joining us today. And uh, anytime you're in town, Alex, if you want to join again, please let us know. So we'd love Thank to you. have Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Ian, Ian's not invited. Ian's not. I want to come back. Yeah. Yeah. But again, guys, thanks yeah. for thanks yeah, for we're following. We're doing a speaking fee. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shit, guys, turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. We we, yeah. we pay it in whiskey. Put them in the bag, guys. Put them in the bag. We pay it in whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for following, guys, and uh, you know, just let us know if you got any questions or comments, and uh, we'll see you next episode. Have a good one.